As I mentioned earlier, today is Union's fourth birthday, anniversary, birthdayversary, I never know what to call it. And today we are going to be celebrating by mixing things up for the gathering. And so if you are a creature of habit, Anthony, um, I'm sorry, this might feel a little strange for you this morning. What we're going to do, a couple songs, and then we're going to have a few people from the congregation sharing out of the Psalms. So today we are wrapping up our series through the Psalms. Next week, uh, it seems logical to go on to Proverbs. And so we have done learning prayer in the Psalms. We are going to go learning wisdom in Proverbs for eight weeks, which will lead us up to Advent. And as far as announcements go today, um, this afternoon evening, we are having our uh, chili, um, chili as in cold, not like church chili cook-off, although that's a good idea for another time. Uh, We are going to be having our celebration, birthday party, whatever you want to call it, at Goldwater Lake. We'll be eating at five, so you can get there a little early if you want. There's no big agenda, just hanging out, eating. Uh, there's a playground. It's the Pine Top Ramada at Goldwater. So you enter and then go up the hill. Uh, that's where we will be. Uh, I encourage you to wear layers uh, because fall has arrived uh, and it chose to today. Well, for those of you warm-blooded people, woo! And then for those of you that like, you're like, I moved here for the summer. Um, sorry. Uh, God made four seasons and we enjoyed them all here. So, That's tonight, and then beyond that, uh, October 25th, both Josh and Mike are going to be doing our next round of Wednesday night classes. This time it's going to be called What is a Protestant? So October 25th, and then those three weeks, then a two-week break, and then three more weeks. And so there will be more information uh, coming up in this week's email with a sign-up and all of that. It will be here at the Adult Center. Um, So with that, I am going to invite, we're going to have uh, Skip sharing, Lauren sharing, Peter sharing, and then some uh, songs in between, and then we'll have communion at the very, very end. If you haven't got your single serve, you can do that during one of the songs. Um, And so, ladies and gentlemen, Skip Breyer. Thank you, Pastor John. Good morning. I'm going to have a quick view of Psalm 103 this morning. Look at that. Gosh, so organized. Psalm 103, it's a psalm of David. He's had quite an experience in life, and then he writes some great things down. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, and he heals all your diseases. That's quite a God. He was faithful to David, and he'll certainly be faithful to all of us. Uh, All that is within me. That's a big phrase in that psalm right there. I want to share what it means to me personally. Um, 41 years ago, I was born again right here in Prescott, and it was quite an experience. After that, one of the very first Bible studies I heard was Psalm 103, and it really impacted my thoughts and my heart towards God and what it meant to be a Christian man. I had prayed and asked Jesus into my heart. Pastor Al led me in a sinner's prayer. Um, I didn't really know what it meant. I mean, I prayed and I was sincere, but I didn't know what it looked like to be a Christian man or a Christian husband or a Christian father. 
I can tell you, though, that the next morning, right after I said a prayer, the next morning I got up and I was a different guy. I don't know how God did it, but I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I quit swearing, all when I got up. And so God was certainly gracious to me and changed my life. And I thought, you know what, as I heard this Bible study a number of years ago, I thought, I want my life to bless the Lord, oh my soul. I want to be a different man. I can see God's doing something. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to try to figure out what it all means and try to follow the Lord. That all that is within me, God is worthy of all my devotion, all my praise, uh, my adoration. I'm, I'm realizing that he really wants me to look to him. I should speak of his love and grace from my heart, from my mind, from my soul, and basically all the time. And that's quite a radical change from where I was. I was all about me. I was doing just fine in life, and I didn't need God, and all of a sudden I can see my, my need. But not just 50% of my time or my heart. Uh, he wanted 100%. And that was a big change. I'm going to follow Jesus. And I thought, boy, I better get ready to figure this out because he's got some plans. And the psalm set a pattern in my prayer life immediately as I became a Christian man. And I'd sit down to pray in the morning sometimes. I wouldn't want to say every morning. I'd sit down, though, and I would read and or think Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I can be happy about whatever's happening in my life. I can praise God for whatever situation I find myself. And this psalm, it all pointed to Jesus Christ. It got my attention on him, what he's doing, what he wants to accomplish, how he's going to do it, how he can interrupt my life at any time. And in verse 2, we see that we're not to forget any of his benefits. Boy, I'll tell you, my praises to God, they're not contingent on whether he's going to heal me or whether he's going to provide for me. And I'll tell you what, he really does intervene in our lives. And I'm sure he's intervened in your life. But, you know, as he intervenes or as he accomplishes something, he wants us to remember that. We don't live in the past, but he certainly wants us to, well, I think he wants us to tell him that we do remember those things. Forget not all his benefits. Well, I admit I'm 74 years old. And... I've got a whole truckload of benefits piled up. I'm probably older than most of you. Let me look, most of you. <laughs> I won't mention any names. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I've got a whole list of benefits that I can share with God every day if so be it, so I have the time. He wants me to remember what he's done. To never forget how gracious he's been to me and how forgiving he's been to me.
You ever feel like that? Sometimes I forget what a blessing God is. But you know, he's aware of my life. He's got a plan for my life. He can heal. He can direct our lives. He can provide. But let's don't ever forget what he's doing and what he's done. And if we look at verse 3, who heals all your diseases. Wow. So I stand up here, and I've got rheumatoid arthritis and got neuropathy, and lately I've got these, I don't know, little strokes in my head that's causing some difficulty. And it says here that he's going to heal all my diseases. Well, I know when he's going to do it, and when I see Jesus face to face, I'm going to tell him thank you for my new body. But in the meantime, it's his timing and his way. He can heal or he can allow us to experience some challenges, maybe a few more as you get a tad older. Hmm. You know, he's intervened in my life many, many times. I hope you sit in the audience and consider how he may have intervened in your life many, many times. 25 years ago, speaking of diseases, I was getting real tired. Get up in the morning and I'd be tired. Work part of the day and I'd be ready to go home. And uh, I wasn't doing real good. Francie's going, you know, maybe you should see the doctor. <laughs> real guys don't go to the doctor all the time. So then one day she surprises me with a doctor appointment. Thank you, dear. I'm just thinking about that time. So I went to a doctor appointment, and uh, just kind of a surprise appointment, and I find myself uh, on the treadmill doing a stress test. And uh, about halfway through, uh, Dr. Ekdahl, he stops the machine and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I may not quote him exactly, but he said, you got big trouble. Something like that. He said, we better get you some help. You're, you're in trouble here. And I sure appreciate God's timing and God's working through Scott and my wife. And three days after that treadmill fiasco, I find myself down in a Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, and I'm going through my quadruple bypass heart surgery. That's an experience. Anybody else done that? It's a lot of fun. <laughs> so he's healing my diseases, and he's taking care of me, and I'm a very blessed man. I guess I should listen to my wife more. That was 25 years ago. I'm very attentive now, aren't I, dear? 
in verse 4. I don't think it's on the screen, but it says that he will redeem our life from the pit. And I think that was a, a one that spoke very clearly to me as I'm just newly born again. I didn't know that I needed to be redeemed from the pit. I didn't even know what it meant. I was a good guy working hard, taking care of the family, and everything was okay. And I found out it doesn't matter how much you know or how much you got or how good you are or how bad you are. Every one of us needed to be, needs to be redeemed from the pit of destruction. And that overnight experience for, for me was absolutely a, here I was one day and he pulled me out of the pit and here I am a Christian man trying to follow Jesus. How much time, where's John? I think he said 20 minutes, I'm not positive. <laughs> Anyhow, this is a good psalm. There's one word that really I hope pops out for all of you, and that's the word all. He takes care of all of it. He wants all of our attention. He really wants us to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. Jesus knows he knows everything, the past, the present, and the future. He'd really like us to be aware that uh, I think Jesus, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but he covers all the bases of our lives all the time. He just wants us to trust him. Amen? Hi. Um, so we seem to be having some technical difficulties with this. So if you have your Bible or a phone, um, I would encourage you to open up to Psalm 18 because that's what we will be reading today. Um, if I could give my speech here a title, it would be God Delivers from All Enemies. And I'm just going to share an experience with you guys um, where Psalm 18 really spoke to me and my son. Um, earlier this year, our son Liam had a really scary experience that triggered severe anxiety in him. Within days of this experience, his worrisome thoughts evolved into fear and anxiety that just completely consumed him. His anxious thoughts became so overwhelming to him that he started having panic attacks regularly. Unfortunately, this went on for days and then weeks and then eventually months. One night during this really challenging time, Liam and I were doing his normal bedtime routine when he turned to me, teary-eyed and exhausted, and he said to me, Mom, is this going to be my life forever? Trying to hold back tears myself in this moment, I grabbed his Bible from his nightstand and I did that thing we've all done a time or two where you just open it up to a random page and hope with every ounce of your being that God will reveal himself to you and speak truth directly into your life at that moment. On this particular night of feeling especially defeated, we opened, we happened to open to Psalm 18. And this is how it reads. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. 
my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. I'm going to pause here before we continue reading. When reading this passage that night, I was reminded of, as soon as I saw the word enemy, I was reminded of who our greatest enemy really is. All too often, the enemy, Satan, tries to play on our weaknesses by feeding us lies to make us forget God's promises. When anxious thoughts or fears begin to consume us, this is not the spirit God instilled in us. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Ephesians 6.10-12 tells us, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Friends, anything that consumes you or takes over your ability to function that steals your peace and your joy, it's ultimately from the enemy. For an addict, their addiction becomes their enemy. For someone who has experienced trauma or abuse, the enemy usually looks like anxiety or fear. Neglect often leads to feeling not worthy. Those who have experienced loss, grief can feel like the enemy, and the list goes on. On that night that Liam and I opened to Psalm 18, I told him, anytime we see the word enemy in this passage, let's instead say the word worry. Because in this moment and for months prior, worry had become Liam's biggest enemy. And now before we continue to read, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. I want you to ask yourself, what has consumed you? What has the enemy convinced you is so big there's no way you will ever overcome it. What has made you feel like this is going to be your life forever? Give it a name, and whenever you see the word enemy in this passage, replace it with the name of your enemy. Also, and this is important, as it was for Liam that night, as we read this, I want you to envision the images that are described in Psalm 18 as if you're seeing it through the eyes of an eight-year-old boy. Boys this age love comic books and TV shows with graphic images of villains being destroyed in gnarly battles that are fought against a backdrop of a storm, mighty storms. Sometimes the storm even consumes the villain. As we read Psalm 18, envision God doing this same thing to your enemy. So let's read again. Is it up there? Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For Liam, it was worries that night. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. 
From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. This is where it gets good. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. Thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. And he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Psalm 18 goes on for another 31 verses. I encourage you to read the rest of it and then reread it again. After Liam and I read this passage together on that night, he asked me to write it down for him so he could read it again and again. I love how last week Bill gave us a prescription for worry, anxiety, and fear. That's been really helpful for me this week, Bill. I don't know if you're here, but thank you. Verse 6 in Psalm 18, I believe, is the prescription for when we find ourselves consumed by the lies that the enemy has tried to make us believe. It's in verse 6 that David pivots from describing how his enemies had completely encompassed him. He was in a pit, and he felt like there was no way out. To then detailing just how God delivered him from his enemies, including Saul. We're going to read verse 6 again. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Friends, I want to leave you with this today. If we pay attention to our anxious and overwhelming thoughts, or really anything that consumes us, we can recognize when the enemy is trying to convince us there is no way out. But there's hope in these moments as we are reminded that God has already won the ultimate battle. When we find ourselves consumed by our enemies, we need only to cry out to him, to take refuge in him, because he is our strength, our rock, our fortress, and our deliverer. Thank you. I warned John that five minutes for an old preacher is just a brief introduction. Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, Jesus was praying. And when he stopped, the disciples, actually one of his disciples, said, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples and understand that these, these guys, these 12 men, they were Jews. 
They had been raised on the law. They had heard the stories of God reaching into the lives of his people over the span of centuries and heard those stories and lived those stories. And for them, they, they, they were no strangers to prayer. Prayer was part of their lifestyle, was their habit, was their tradition. But they'd been with Jesus long enough to realize that his, his prayer was different. Prayer is good. Prayer is always good. But his prayer is always better. And one of my great comforts is to know that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Lord, teach us to pray. So Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In another place, Jesus said, if two of you will agree as touching anything, my Father in heaven will do it. And so when we can find someone to join us in prayer and we can, we can pray together, that's a good thing. How much better is it? How much better is it when we can agree with God? When we can pray your will, your kingdom come. And I believe this morning that listening is one of the most important parts of prayer. Somebody asked Jesus once, what is the great commandment? And he said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hear, listen. Because our God is not a dead idol. Our God is not some cold philosophy or some abstract theology. We, we serve a living God. One who hears. One who speaks. And so when Israel would repeat again and again and again, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. I believe it was so much more than a call to monotheism. It was a reminder that our God speaks. Hear. Listen. Revelation 3.20 Probably a lot of us know that by heart. Jesus is speaking, says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him. And so often we use that to assure unbelievers that they, 
they can come and they can pray and he will hear. And, and, and if we draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to us and, and, and it'll be amazing. But Jesus was speaking those words to what he called a lukewarm church. Not, not unbelievers, believers, but had, who had grown, grown estranged. It was a promise of reconciliation and restoration. I, I, believe, I believe that applies even to us today, even if we're not lukewarm. I believe that God wants to speak to us. Psalm 85. That's, so I'm just going to jump down to the verse, verse 8, where the psalmist says, I will hear. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. I will hear. I will hear. And oh, yes, when we go to God, our God, in prayer, how wonderful it is that we can pour out our hearts. We can unburden all of our cares and worries, casting all our cares upon him because he cares. But for me, the best part of prayer is not me telling God what I think or what I want or what I need. It is to be able to hear God, to have those times when I can just Soak in his presence. And I can listen for that still small voice. And I can agree. And I can echo the heart of God when I've had those moments. I'm better. If there's a song for our church, that is it. Over the last four years, that's how we started, by grace and grace alone. As we've gone through four years, uh, enduring that little thing called a pandemic and election and all that fun stuff of 2020, how we endured was grace and grace alone. And as we look uh, forward to the future, that's our hope and our prayer, grace and grace alone. I don't know what pastors are supposed to say on anniversary birthdays, um, whether that's some inspiring vision, direction, or whatever, uh, but this Sunday is indicative of who we are. Um, it's a people that are yearning to come together around Jesus um, in all our imperfections. Uh, it's the Sunday where I drop on our media guy brand new software that he's never used, and it's unregistered, and just put him in a total bind. Uh, so publicly, I apologize, Cody. The applause is for you, not for me. Uh, but that's, that's it. We've never been a people of, uh, or, or, uh, of a production. We've, we've been a people of the promise. 
We've never been a people of, of pomp and circumstance and show we've been a people of the promise. And so that's what we've done and that's what we're going to continue doing together and inviting others into this thing that is Union Church. We're following Jesus, looking to build our lives in and around him and have his life shape ours. Listen to his voice and have it shape our voice. And so as we come to the table, this is really what we're about. And at least in my opinion, uh, is the, the pinnacle of every single gathering is coming to the table and remembering tangibly through the bread and the wine as we partake with one another that we have a savior, we have a comforter, we have a friend who came to this earth, who gave up his life for us on the cross, who ushers in healing and grace and renewal through that act and the power of his resurrection. That's what we are about. It's through communion that we see Psalm 23 come true in real life. You can't do a series on the Psalms and not at least quote Psalm 23. That the Lord is our shepherd. We have no lack, we shall not want. That he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for he is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil, and our cup runs over. We have this promise that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We can trust that promise because we look to the cross and see what he's accomplished we see the resurrection, and we look forward to the day where he will make all things new in his return. And so friends, brothers and sisters, let's come to the table with gratitude, with thanksgiving, with joy, with our grief, with our pain, with everything, and allow Jesus to guide and direct us there. Let's pray. So Father, we thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for the work that you have done in our doing in our midst, we ask that you would continue to mold us and shape us and grow us in the image of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.